Hello, I'm Sasha. Welcome to Q&A Thursday. It is an inescapable truth that we are surrounded by headlines. Websites and news feeds, no matter the source, are using increasingly subtle tricks to influence us, to get us to click, to try to get us to care, and then to try to get us to share. On today's show, we're talking to an American blogger and Bible teacher who has taken steps to disconnect herself. Her name is Erin Davis. ago, I went looking for a faith response to the fear messaging in media we heard from Dr. David Altaigi, and I stumbled across a blog. It was called A Right Theology of Fear and Why You Need It. I caught up with the writer, Erin Davis, while she was in her car. Just a heads up, the audio gets a little rough in places. Well, um, I, th- I wrote that post for a blog called truewoman.com, and and the goal of that blog in general is just to point women to truth. And I consider my role, and there's several writers for that blog, but I just want everything that I write there to be highly practical. Um, I think it's great to talk about theology and biblical truth and to have a knowledge of that, but um, I think it's equally important that women have an application. So probably because of my own life and my own struggle with fear, I thought, Let's just talk about it. And, you know, I think um, right now, um, every time you turn on the news or um, look at the news on your phone or scroll through your Twitter feed, there is something really scary. I mean, we're not just talking about, you know, small-time fears. And so I just probably wrote it to counsel my own heart with truth, to be honest, but um, was hoping that, that some other women out there would read it and resonate with um, what God's Word says about fear. What do you think it is about, um, what do you think it is about us that makes us so susceptible to this? I mean, we, a lot of us, we can choose the news that we watch, we can choose the stuff that comes onto our Twitter feed, we can choose what we click on, but for whatever reason, you know, five terrifying things about the Zika virus is definitely the thing I'm going to be clicking on, right? Yeah, I I don't know. It's that it's that train wreck thing where we um, tend to gravitate towards the horrific. Um, I don't know what that is about us. Just probably part of our sin nature. But I think the fear part of it we could trace all the way back to the Garden of Eden that we all just have this base level fear that God will not come through and that he will not deliver on his promises, that he is not good, that he will not take care of us. And if that were true, which it's not, but if that were true, that that um, either there is no God or the God we serve is not a loving God or that he's an inconsistent God or uh, an ambivalent God, then certainly the world would be overwhelmingly scary. Um, but I just think it's our sin nature, our, our tendency to run from him, to run from his law, to disbelieve the promises that he spelled out so clearly for us that bubbles up in the form 
of fear, and then, you know, we we do add that with our tendency um, to gravitate towards the horrific, and that can really be the one-two punch that has us um, living in chronic fear. Do you think it's possible or healthy to live without fear? I don't think it's possible to live without fear. I think it's just life, uh, this side of heaven, um, in a world post-fall. I mean, I, I just think the reality is that our world is warped by sin, and um, so we don't have to look very far to see scary things. And I also think, you know, I think that sometimes um, fear is a good thing. It's what keeps my toddler from, say, jumping off the top of the treehouse, and that, and so that's probably um, a good thing, and as we grow up, that level of fear that keeps us from running headlong into danger is also a good thing. I just think on a spiritual level, too, for me, fear is kind of a tether that keeps me running to the Lord and keeps me saying, I need you. I am not in control of the world. I'm not in control of even my own life, mm-hmm. and so it's a, it's a bit of a gut check that I think um, just reminds me of my desperate need for a Savior. So give me an example of something that gives you fear regularly. Well, I'm a mama of three little boys, and and unless I somehow could figure out a way to lock them in a bubble, um, the things that are scary to me about them are endless. I mean, everything from big things like terrorism or the Zika virus that you mentioned to little things like um, will they inherit some of my bad habits or will they somehow not know how much I love them or um, so I think daily being a mother bubbles up fear in me but I don't think being a fearful mama is the best choice and obviously locking them in a bubble is not reality or even what's best for them I want them to experience the world I want them to love the world Um, I don't want them to live in fear so um, they, like in so many ways, they're uh, kind of a spotlight on my sinful heart and areas where I might not be trusting the Lord. And so um, they drive me to his word often. When you're feeling fearful, how do you, um, I, I guess, internalize it, how do you deal with it? Can you sure. take me through like, the process for you? Yeah, I can give you a really specific example. I have three little boys, and two of them have bad kidneys. And for in both cases, it was diagnosed in utero. And in both cases, I just, my first response was that I just wanted the Lord to miraculously heal them and take it away. Forever, for whatever reason, he didn't do it. Um, but uh, when one of my children, Judah, was just 10 months old, he had to have a very invasive kidney surgery. And I did not want him to have it. I, I was hoping that the Lord would have a different course of action for us. But um, I he didn't. And so I had to choose that God was still good. I had to choose, I had to, choose to believe Romans 8.28, that he was going to work all of it to my good and Judah's good. And then really practically, I had to choose to press in to the church, which is the best um, resource that the Lord has given me, apart from his word and his spirit, for that those kinds of situations. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to just kind of withdraw and hide. Um, but I, I chose not to. I chose to... Um, say to my pastor, I'm really afraid about this surgery. And my pastor came on the surgery day. I chose to say to to my small group the same thing and just show them 
exactly how scared I was that I was afraid he wasn't going to make it through the surgery. He was going to come home with a lot of tubes hanging out of his body and how that was scary to me. And so um, they ministered to me in that season. And and so while I, I didn't like my baby having surgery and I didn't like having that experience, I experienced um, so much grace in that season that I wouldn't have otherwise experienced. I, because I was honest about my fear, the church and my pastor and my family were able to really minister to me in sweet and comforting ways. And so practically, I guess I run to the Word and remind myself of the promises that are there. I'm a big believer in um, the power of the Word. And so I, for example, I write it on index cards and put it on the steering wheel of my car or I might write it uh, on the, my bathroom mirror, or I might write it on the wall for a season if I need to be reminded of something. Because there's a difference between knowing the Word and believing the Word. And then um, just pressing into the church at those times when I'm feeling really afraid. And they, they don't have the answers either. They have fear too. But um, I'm grateful for the gifts that God's given us in each other for those times when we can shore each other up. Do you think that there's something about um, like owning fears publicly, like admitting things to people that we trust that that helps to absolutely help kind of deal with it. Yeah, I think anytime we can drag what's in the dark, those those dark corners of our mind and heart, or those things that that we have a tendency to want to keep hidden, anytime we can drag what's in the dark into the light, there's an element of it losing its power, and um, I that's certainly true in sin. I think that's why James 5.16 tells us to confess our sins to one another and pray for each other, then we could be healed. I don't think fear is necessarily always a sin or even often a sin, but I think it falls in that same category. Confess your fears one to another and pray for each other. Yeah. Um, so I, I do think there's real power in saying I'm afraid of this thing, and some things just just Saying it out loud to another person um, makes it a lot less scary. From where from where I sit, sort of watching this latest presidential cycle, um, you know, we're we're seeing a lot of stoking the fires of fear uh, within the American populace, and that certainly there are things to be afraid of. But it feels sometimes like we're just constantly reminded yep. about these things um, to the point that it's. You know, it's just not helpful. Yep. What advice would you have to people to keep perspective? Well, I, they have a choice. Um, I'm a bit of a technology hermit. Um, for example, we own a television in our in our home, but it's not connected to anything. It's connected to a DVD player because um, I don't find the 24-hour news cycle to be helpful. That was a good word that you used. I mean, the in the Bible, it tells us that everything is beneficial, or everything is okay, but not everything is beneficial. And so that's a good question to ask. Is this beneficial to have this news cycle running 24-7? I also, I'm not on Facebook. Not that I think Facebook is inherently evil, but I just, I, I kind of see it like being hooked up to an IV and having a constant drip of something into your system. And it's not that I'm a better human than anybody else. I think I'm a bit of a worse sinner. I just couldn't control it. I couldn't control what was dripping in through the IV on Facebook, and so I don't have it. Um, and I 
it's, again, the technology is neutral, but we should probably all get honest about the fact that it is constantly dripping things into our systems, and we like to think it doesn't affect us or we're above it in some way, but I just don't think any social science would back that up, plus common sense is not going to back that up. So I would encourage people to be really smart about what they're ingesting. Uh, another example is um, I know The Walking Dead is just super popular series, um, but it's about zombies, and there's an element of, like, fear and post-apocalyptic post-apocalyptic world in it and I just think that's not beneficial to me that's not that's something not good for me to watch at the end of the day and then close my little eyes and try to rest and so um I just think scripture is so wise and so timeless and there's that verse that says above all things guard your heart for it's the wellspring of life and that's true that we should guard our hearts in many areas and one thing we need to guard our hearts in is the area of fear um, and just not unnecessarily put things in front of us um, that are going to cause that fear to be bigger in our minds. One more question for you. Uh, sure. And it was about uh, something that you that you said when you were talking about your your boys. When the things that you pray for, when those prayers are not answered, um, how do you deal with that? I'm human, so I probably have a range of responses that vary from day to day. And so, um, man, I I so look forward to heaven when I when all freaking out shall cease. And um, so I won't respond in my flesh. So I, I'm sure, as in the case of Judah surgery, um, man, there were seasons where I was angry and and frustrated and really sad and scared. Um, so I, I didn't immediately have a holy response and wouldn't want to communicate that I did. But for me, it just all comes down to the promises of God. And the thing about a promise is it's often something um, to be to come true in the future. And so I know that from the promises of God, um, Judah was not physically healed at that time, but he will be healed. There will be a day when um, all crying shall cease, all mourning shall cease, Um, He will be in a glorified body. His kidneys will, um, if he has kidneys, whatever they will be, will be in a glorified state. So he will be healed. That's a promise that I feel like I can take take to the bank. Um, It didn't happen on my timeline, but I'm so grateful that I serve a God that is so big. He doesn't operate on my timeline. And so I think those promises are true for all of the disappointments of my life. Um, All of the things that the Lord may say no to right now, um, there are promises for them. So there, uh, at some point, my body will be healed. At some point, um, this sin nature that I so desperately want to shed um, will be gone. At some point, I will live in a new heaven and a new earth where Jesus himself is the light. And so all the kind of societal pressures that I feel will be gone. And so I just look ahead. Um Drain with longing uh, for the day that all the promises of God are fulfilled. And he didn't say that they were going to be fulfilled now. In fact, he said this this life's going to have trouble. So he was telling the truth even then. Yeah. Um, but I trust with every cell of my human body that the time is coming when all will be set right. And I look forward more and more to that. 
you know, I, I work with a lot of different people, and uh, this one editor that I was working with one time, she and I got to talking, and she she knows what I do, and was we're talking about faith and stuff, and she said the reason that she was an atheist is none of her prayers ever got answered, mm. and I didn't know what to say. You know, yeah. I, feels like there's nothing I can say in that situation. Do you no. how would you respond to something like that? Well, I think that's uh, uh probably a situation that is very layered and would take a lot of time to peel back the layers and I think anything we would try to offer in a few sentences would rightfully feel trite. My guess is there's probably one prayer that she prayed that didn't get answered. Um maybe about a relationship or somebody that needed healed and so um she threw the baby out with the bathwater. but i i would maybe share from my own life about my same experience that that there have been prayers that didn't get answered or at least seemingly didn't get answered um or didn't get answered in the way that i want them to get answered um but that i believe that he's good because and i could talk about all of the promises that have been fulfilled all the prayers he has answered and then I, I I think there's just something to be said by being glad that he doesn't he's not a cosmic genie mm-hmm. and um, so it's not like we put a request in the box and, and it gets answered immediately in the way that we want it to um, by instead of, sometimes we try to make him really small and really easy to describe and understand and he's not I love how C.S. Lewis talks about him in the Chronicles of Narnia and says he's not a time He's not a tame lion, but he is good. And um, I think that is true of Jesus. So I would just wrestle with it with her. Um, I think I I love to let people wrestle and to admit that I wrestle too. Um, And then I think people are always really responsive to, can I pray for you? Even if they're an atheist and they don't pray um, or they're even angry at God, I think when we say, can I pray with you or pray for you, that there's a softening that happens. And so I probably would offer to pray with her. And even if somebody says they don't believe prayers are answered often, um, there's a part of them that wants prayed for. So that means there's a part of them that still has hope that somebody is listening to them and will respond. Well, Erin, thank you so much for your time, and thanks for doing all the, uh, the juggling that you have to do to make time for me. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks. Bye. That was Erin Davis, blogger, Bible teacher, and mom of three. We reached her by phone while she was traveling in her car. That's it for this week. For comments or questions, you can reach me on Twitter at Sasha in Context. For now, I am Sasha. This has been Q&A Thursday. Thank you for your time. <laughs>